Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Sumawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have James join us. James, I'd love for you to introduce yourself, your title, and your organization to our audience. Yeah, sure. So, hi, uh, I'm uh, James Marable. Um, I am the uh, the director of sales enablement for um, sales platforms at Refinitiv. Um, Refinitiv is one of the world's largest providers of financial markets data and infrastructure. Um, and essentially, we um, provide leading data and insights um, and trading platforms to financial organizations uh, globally. Thank you so much for joining us, James. Now, you know, I was really excited to bring you on to this podcast because your approach to sales enablement, you take a very customer centric lens. So in your opinion, why is it important for sales enablement to place an emphasis on the customer experience? Yeah, no, sure. So I think um, it's, it's an interesting one. So my background, I think people come into sales enablement in in, in different ways. Um, and my perspective on my journey has been very much through the sales perspective. So uh, before I found myself into sales enablement roles, um, I was very much um, you know, a salesperson, leading sales teams, um, having done customer success, et cetera. So I think when you're in those kinds of roles, you understand the importance, or you should certainly, if you're any good, understand the importance of, you know, sort of having a customer-centric lens. And then I think when we get into uh, being a sales enablement sort of a person who's supporting sales, I think you have to think about um, customer sort of centricity in, in two ways. There's one around understanding um, your customer, which is you know broadly the salesperson and the sales rep, and there's also the uh, you know the end customer, the people you deal with indirectly through the salesperson, which is obviously um, our customers and clients that that buy from us. So um, I think first of all, when you're a sales enablement person, it's really important just to think about the two distinctions there. Um, for, from my perspective, um, I think um, understanding uh, about you know customers and being customer sort of centric is really about understanding the 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 customer process that they go through. Whereas I you know, invariably, I think salespeople, because of the way organizations are structured, because of the pressures that they are under, they tend to focus very much on the, you know, the sales process and the things that they need to do. And they kind of forget about, you know, um, the, the things that the customer is going through. Um, you know, which which is which is key to actually driving a deal through, and so the the more they understand how do you you know where is a customer at, the the more effectively they can drive um, you know they can drive an opportunity through those those various processes. Does that kind of make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I, I'd love to get a a little bit um, tactical here. What are some ways that you've enabled teams that you support to be more customer centric? Yeah, no, sure. So um, for me, one of the most um, important things to do is, is, as I said, is understand where the customer is. So, so typically, when I am working with with individuals, or even if we're on our platform, right? When we have a like a sales number platform that we use within our organisation, we structure it in a way which which aligns to the the buying process of the customer, because depending on where the customer is in that buying cycle. Um, the salesperson needs to do different things in order to 
um, in order to uh, get the best out, out, of, out of that customer at, at that moment. So the way we sort of do that tactically is to really challenge the salesperson to understand where is their customer. So, so often I think when you're in sales meetings or you're with um, your manager, your sort of sales leader, they're saying to you, right, you know, have you done the proposal? What's your forecast? You know, when's your next meeting? You know, it's all very actionable on the on the the seller. And what they're not actually asking is things like, you know, why do they actually want it? What actual problem do they have? You know, the things that actually connect the seller to the customer um, and understanding where that person is and then what they need to do within, you know, within that particular stage of that buying process. Um, and so what we try to do is is align our platform so that it so that the the buying process is at front of mind and then um, help coach ourselves, managers, leaders, people to think about things from a customer perspective rather than the, rather than their own. I think that's a, a fantastic tip. Now, most of the world right now has, has gone a bit virtual, uh, just given everything that's going on. Uh, what are some skills that salespeople need in order to effectively engage their customers in a predominantly virtual environment? What's really interesting about going into the virtual environment is on the face of it, I actually think prospects, customers have in some ways become more available because actually giving yourself um, uh, you know, time, you know, allowing time for a, a half an hour call or a, you know, an hour um, you know, video conference um, feels a lot less um, risky, I think, than actually meeting someone face to face. So I think there's an opportunity there for, for, for customers, for, for people who, for, for, sorry, for salespeople, for where customers typically might be going, oh, actually, is it worth dragging this guy all the way up to you know, X place for an hour? Um, and actually, we're really kind of kind of half interested. They probably wouldn't take that. Whereas, actually, you know, in a, in our new virtual world, that that's that um, buyer might be like, well, actually, I am kind of half interested. There could be something there. So, you know, it's, it's not, you know, it doesn't really hurt either one of us to to allow an hour to have have a conversation to see if anything's to go from. So, I do think in the first instance there is a massive opportunity. But I think, you know, for me, one of the key things I see when um, I've worked with sales teams in the past is one, the importance of preparation. So um, sales reps spend so much time trying to get a meeting, which is predominantly most of the time what they're doing. And actually, when they get the meeting, they don't then um, prepare well enough for that meeting. It always blows my mind. Um, but actually, you know, they kind of think, oh, I just rely on my patter. I rely on what I normally do. Where actually each customer is very different. Um, and, and I guess that advice doesn't change whether it's virtual or not. You know, preparation um, you know, is really key. And I think how you present information virtually is really important because you don't get those cues that you do in a meeting. You know, you're not there with your physical presence. You can't necessarily judge people's um, you know, uh, emotions and feelings, how much they're engaging with your content. So things like, I, I, I really have a thing about sort of poorly presented slides or really wordy, um, you know, wordy um, content that we put in front of customers because they just don't read them. Um, it disengages and I don't see the point of it. Um, I think the other things to remember with all interactions with customers is that, you know, broadly, seven to days later, just because of how the brain works, they're going to forget 70% of, of what you've said but what they will remember is how you made them feel so i think it's really important to think about 
to think about that in the context of the meeting. You know, did the did the you know did the prospect think that you were um, you know engaging, interesting? Um, were you interested in them? Were you asking great questions? Um, were you did you seem like you were an expert? Were, did you understand your content? Did you understand their problems and could articulate them back to them effectively? Those are the kinds of things I think you know are relevant for all customer. Um, interactions, but particularly now in this um, in this world where you know finding a deal is going to be harder because everyone's going, no, I'm all right, thanks. I'm going to keep my money and where it is uh, at the moment. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, you you talked about preparation, and you actually also wrote an article on LinkedIn where you talked about the importance of identifying the root of the customer's problem. From your perspective, why is it so critical for salespeople to have a deep understanding of customer problems? And and how do you help ensure that your salespeople are equipped to draw that information out of their customer interactions? Yeah, no, sure. So um, I think it's one of the most critical parts of selling because we often hear the phrase things like, um, are we going to create the need or um, are we going to... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's all words like that, right? Um, and what tends to happen is, I think, well, it does happen, is you know, sales reps go into into meetings, and they uh, they listen to the customer questions, and they listen to the customer, and then based on what the customer is saying, they start to assume they sort of they make that link, right? So that the problems the customer is having versus the solutions and offerings that they have, and they think, oh, well, this customer has just said this is a problem. I can fix that. Brilliant. There's an opportunity. And they start to make assumptions. Um, and what we try to think about in our world is say, you know, if a customer didn't actually say it, then it doesn't exist. Uh, because cust- you know, customers have loads and loads of problems. But it doesn't mean they're going to do anything about it. So the important thing for me and why I wrote that article is it's really important for the salesperson to understand, do they have problems which customers are actually going to act on? You know, the pain is, is so bad, they're actually going to do something about it. Or are, is their pipeline filled with, um, filled with uh, stuff that's never going to happen and is just wasting time? And at the end of the day, all the salesperson has is time. Um, and they need to use that time as, as, as effectively as possible. And, and one of the things I've done historically in my career um, is um, I've been a, a sales trainer. And this is one of the, um, the key things that we speak about. And one of the things we used to do with SPIN, which is a, you know, obviously a well-known mythology. But what we talk about in that is, is you know, having you know, like implied needs, which is like things where customers are just sort of going, yeah, okay, like it is a bit of a problem, um, you know, but, you know, it's a problem. And then there's, you know, more of explicit need where it's like, yeah, it's a problem, um, you know, but I need to do something about it. And it's understanding the, the distinction between those two, because when you're in the heat, heat of the battle, they can, you can easily, um, you know, you can easily mix the two up. Uh, and for me, the way that you you get to those, the, the crux of those two, you know, uh, types of, of problems you get from a customer is through really great questioning. Um, and we do that by arming our salespeople with great playbooks. Um, with sort of, you know, uh, question sheets to prepare them, you know, um, those types of materials, which really helps the the seller get into that mind frame and absolutely like preparation. So before you go down, make sure you've got your, your you know, five or six really great problem type questions that you that you have um, to and make sure you go through them. And, and once you identify a problem, make sure you explore it properly. 
I love that. Now, another part of customer centricity, obviously, is being able to kind of build very strong relationships. And you've mentioned that one of your primary goals as a sales enablement leader is to help salespeople understand how to confidently build relationships. So what are some of your key strategies for developing that confidence? Yeah, so um, I think it's a, it's a really interesting question. Um, and I think for me, the number one thing when you're you're trying to build really good relationships with customers is be interested. Like clearly, like I know, like I know you're there to get a deal, and the and the 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 person buying from you knows that they're there, you know, that you're there to get a deal from them. But but the great thing is, is their job is to spend money, and your job is to get them to spend is to get them to spend that money. And so having that sort of genuine interest in what they're talking about, and, and sort of you know, really being inquisitive into the problems and challenges that they have, I think is really key. And I think it gives people um, a real sense of being listened to, um, a real sense of um, you coming across as someone who's actually quite genuine, quite interested um, in what they're trying to do, rather than someone who's going in, you know, and, and just going through that that, that pattern that, that, that you always do, or trying to lead your your prospect straight to, um, you know, your solutions that you offer, like that should be way down the line. Like, you should be talking about products, you know, solutions, all that kind of stuff for, for, a, for a long time, in, in my opinion. It should be about really understanding that customer and being totally interested. So that'd be my first kind of point. The second one would be to totally understand your proposition. And I think this is one of the, the key things that, that, that salespeople um, often don't do. Um, they, they have a generic understanding of, of what it what it is that they you know, they sell clearly, uh, but actually, do they have a real deep enough understanding of the proposition that they're going to market with so that when you're in that room, that you have the confidence to, to, to work with that customer, you know, and you need to be really um, comfortable with what you're saying um, to, to, to provide confidence to that, to, that, to that customer. And also actually, it's the people who are totally confident in that kind of space, who understand their proposition, that that means that when you get a question from a customer and you don't know the answer to that question, it's okay then to be like, actually, do you know what? That's a great question. I don't know the answer to it. Let me come back to you, because um, you've you've bred that sort of confidence um, from the start. And the sort of the, the the fourth thing is to is basically to 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 challenge your customer as well, challenge them to think differently. And we can do that in a, in, a, in lots of different ways, depending on your style, depending on on, on how you like to uh, you know how well you know the customer, all that kind of stuff that plays into it. But I definitely don't think um, you know sales reps in this modern world should be sitting there um, and just going, "Yep, the customer's right," and you're just writing everything down. I think it's sort of going, okay, that's, that's great, Mr. Customer, but, but but why is that? And have you thought about trying to do it this way? And over here, that doesn't really make any sense. So so why does that work? And I think if you engage sort of really authentically in that and really challenge um, the experience that I've definitely seen in the market and the experience that we've had with, with our sales reps has been super positive. Um, so I guess those are the kind of the four key things that, that I would say uh, around that. Those are four fantastic tips, James. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. I have kind of one closing question for you. And and in the in the world of business, uh, it always comes down to you know what you can measure. Uh, so how do you measure customer centricity? How do you apply those insights to optimizing your sales enablement efforts? 
Yeah. Do you know what? It's such an interesting uh, question. And, I, and when I got this question, I was like, oof, that's a, that's, that's a tough one. And um, it's kind of like the golden goose isn't it? in some respects. And I even called on one of my uh, colleagues and I was like, well, what do you think about this question? This is a really interesting uh, question. But actually, um, I'm going to be a little bit, um, uh, I think facetious is the wrong word, but um, I'm going to sort of challenge this question a little bit because I think there's a, there's a couple of things with sort of cusper centricity. One is when you're talking about going to market, there is more than just kind of the sales rep that, that is involved in that. Cusper centricity sort of spans all the way through the organization. And I think, you know, if you're in an organization which doesn't, doesn't put the customer at the heart of everything it does, I think, you know, I think you're going to struggle. It doesn't matter how like how, how customer centric your the sales rep is, if the people who deliver the products aren't, you know, aren't bought into that. You know, if if the if the system goes down and the, and the support section isn't you know, isn't great, that customer centricity sort of um, eats away. But from study from a, a sales perspective, um, I would be quite candid and say, look, if you are um, a customer centric uh, sales rep. Um, I would expect to see you selling more than you sold last year. I would expect to see, you know, all those stats and the things that we check and we measure, um, you know, day in, day out, you know, with, with Salesforce or with different platforms that I'm sure these organizations use. We should be seeing um, sort of those incremental increases in all those kinds of behavior, because if the salesperson isn't being customer centric then they aren't doing all those things they should be doing, um, you know, I think the also that one of the key things I would look at from a, if I put my sort of sales operations hat on would be looking at trends in terms of like how much customer is spending with us. Like, is that increasing over time? Because that's a great measure to understand, you know, does that customer feel engaged in what we're offering and with the, uh, you know, with the, the people that I'm working with. Um, similarly, with like NPS scoring um, customer feedback, often that kind of stuff gets really overlooked. Um, well, that's kind of not really fair. Often at, a, at a, a top level of the organization, it's really important for the people at the top, but it's not necessarily really important for the sales reps at the bottom because their life is a lot more transactional. So actually it's, it's a great way to measure if the, the sort of the, the top of the organization is, is sort of connecting with the, the bottom part of the organization with, with their sales reps. So uh, I think for me, those are the kind of things that I would look at to measure that sort of customer uh, centricity. Fantastic. James, again, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. I enjoyed our conversation quite a bit. That was great. Thank you very much. Cheers. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.